Hey guys, it's Teresa, the host of You Can Tell Me Anything. Hey, this is a great episode. I'm super excited、um, for the guests that we have on today. Just want to make a quick announcement before we get into it. I have a short film that I wrote and act in that is premiering, world premiere, at Outfest Fusion, which is a festival、uh, in Los Angeles on March 3rd. That's less than two weeks away, Sunday, March 3rd at 1 p.m., as part of the festival. And,、um, The festival is open to the public. You can buy tickets online、uh, if you go to outfest.org or you can follow the film at I Think She Likes You Film on Instagram. That's the name of the film. I'm very, very excited. I worked really hard on it.、Um, I think you guys will like it.、Uh, I, I hope you like it. It's called I Think She Likes You. If you want to know more,、um, you can tweet at me at Larissa T. Ask me questions. But basically,、um, it's going to premiere. I'm going to be there, so you can come say hi. And there's a lot of other great shorts in the program as well.、Uh, it will be at the Chinese Theater in Los Angeles. So, if you've never been to the Chinese Theater, it's a really cool theater in the middle of Hollywood. Parking kind of sucks, but you know, I don't know, Uber or I think you can validate your parking. Seriously, I'll like pay for your parking if that's your big issue. Um, anyways, um, also, oh,、uh, this is really exciting. We got a write up in Vulture. Last week, so thank you so much for the shout out, Vulture. That was really great.、Um, so, if you haven't listened to the Marcellus episode, check that out. That was、uh, two weeks ago. They wrote that up. And if you guys are confidants and you haven't reviewed or、um, rated the podcast, that always helps get the word out. So, give me a five star review and rate it on、um, iTunes. And if you tag me online, post it on your Instagram or Twitter or DM it to me. Um, I will send you a private confession. So, so far, not being overwhelmed with those. So, I can, I mean, I've been doling them out to everybody who sends them to me. But, you know, if I'm getting inundated with them, then I'll let you guys know. But truly, you can even get your friend to review it and then steal their confession. I'll give you a confession. So, you can have two. Pretty exciting. All right, guys,、uh, without further ado, here's the episode. I'm super excited.、Um, and, oh, also wanted to say thank you to my engineer. My sister, Jen Lee. You can check out her bonus episode on Patreon, patreon.com slash tell me anything pod. I confess something to her that、um, honestly, I think we get into some good conversations. So even though I've known her my entire life from、uh, birth to、uh, now, there's still a lot of stuff we haven't told each other. So pretty exciting. All right, enjoy the episode. You can tell her. You can tell. Confidants, <laughs> this is Teresa. You know, you're、uh, your leader, your savior.、Um, so, anyways,、uh, I'm very excited because I have got a great guest today, and he's I'm totally blowing it in front of him. It's it's really embarrassing. What's up, confidants? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's so funny. I'm so excited to have him here. Joe Cozella, what's up? Hey, hi, you're the lead confidant. I'm the lead confidant. I'm I'm always stumble through the intros, but I've decided not to edit them because I think they're just. You know, because people can track the progress. Yes, it, it's an accurate portrayal of you of in the moment.、Uh, people want that. It's authentic, it's real. Yeah, that's what I hear people want. I don't know. I actually, I, when I first started this, it was like, I was like, I'm going to do it on my own and like not through a network because I wanted to just like get, figure it out as I go and、sure. get better at、mm-hmm. it. Now it's like to a point where I'm like, okay, I feel like I should have figured out what my nickname is. But, yeah.、Uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't know because I think、um, people who have nicknames, like, You, you mean know, nickname like, for yourself or nickname for yeah, your listeners? Yeah, you know, people have little radio wrestler type. Oh yeah. Like, monikers. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, it's me, the, the truck queen of whatever." <laughs> you know? Oh my god. Yeah, like, go with the、one. truck queen. There you go. I think you figured it out. <laughs> I'm the truck queen.、Um, but yeah, the whole point of this <laughs> was to、um, was because I I want it was kind of like therapy themed a little bit like、mm-hmm. the idea of like getting something off your chest because、um, I always feel better after going to therapy. I feel like it's like untangling an iPhone cord or、uh, headphones.、Mm-hmm. That's how I feel when I get out of therapy. I'm like, I know what、yeah. I, I, this was look like, but I just need to figure it out.、Uh-huh. Do you go to therapy? I don't. Okay. So this will you have a lot of heavy lifting、that's、to do, okay, Teresa. Okay, cool, good. I love it.、Uh, no, it's like kind of a mix. People who come on this either do or don't, and、mm-hmm. it's not like you have to. That's where I was inspired from. I also stopped. 
going a lot because I don't have the money to. Yeah. So it's expensive. Sure. You, do you do sliding scale? Do you have you ever? No, I should. I, I guess that's that would be the move. It takes a lot of time to get in with those. Places, oh really? I think. Well, okay. I th- I've heard the waiting list is really long. I don't know. I used to date a therapist, and she oh. told me about uh, oh. some of that stuff, like the sliding scale and that, like, there's a lot of affordable options for people and that are easier than you would think. Would she try to, like, analyze you? No, I don't okay. think so. That's I good. think she would keep her work at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always thought that would be really good to date a therapist, but also maybe really terrible because they would know all your... Mm-hmm. like t- not tactics it's not like i'm actively trying to have you know yes manipulate but you know mm-hmm. we our uh behaviors are going to mimic yes and that a therapist you would think would be able to easily identify uh personality disorders that maybe you don't want to sure. be as a parent uh <laughs> you know but yeah I, but also i think they're very understanding and, and they listen very well if they're a good therapist yeah, slash they, good girlfriend <laughs> or maybe they're so tired of listening yeah they d- they just want to talk yeah so really it's i think it all it all comes down to personality <laughs> that's true <laughs> um well i like to start by asking my guests for a good confession cuz a lot of people yes. think confessions are bad but they're not always bad so what's uh, a good well maybe i'll do maybe i'll do a good one then uh i teresa i have to confess okay. that uh I was in a city of sin <gasps> recently, New Orleans, Ooh. Louisiana. That's not the first city of sin you think of. Would you, would Vegas is the city. Oh, of sin, I guess right? that's true. But this is if if you're going to do top five sure. American sinful cities, it's I think New there. Orleans is up there. And I was in New Orleans, uh, surrounded by sin, to record my Comedy Central <laughs> half-hour stand-up special. Wow, you really buried that that <laughs> the good part there. Well, I mean, the confessional part was up top, and then the, the sin, the, yeah, the brag was underneath uh, the layer. Had you ever performed there before? You know, I did like a bar show oh, once. Okay. A, like two years ago I, I barely remember it so cool to go to like because I, I imagine it's so fun it's like a party there right yeah you can fucking drink on the streets and there's parades everywhere it's yeah. crazy yeah so that energy and then just mm-hmm. to be doing such a big thing well congratulations thank you that's so exciting thanks um well now that you're a big famous star um, <laughs> you can afford all the therapy in the world yes clearly i wonder what it's like to be a celebrity's therapist actually i was just talking about this uh i'm don't know if you are you an Ariana Grande fan? I mean, I know who she is. <laughs> I know who she is. I um, I'm a huge fan, but sh- she just had a new album come out. Sure. And listening to it, I was like, I bet she does a lot of work in therapy because mm-hmm. you can hear her growth. I mean, I know she doesn't write every single lyric, but I can sense from the last album and the one before that, like how much growth she's had yeah. just as a person. <laughs> okay, that's great. So I was like, oh, it must be interesting to be a celebrity because you can do all this work. But also you can also not ever do work because sometimes True. I bet people don't want to get better. We'll go to therapists and therapists will be like, sure, you're doing fine. Cause just because they get paid to say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So. Well, And also the the progress that you're tracking could all just be a calculated PR move. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Like they're sh- they're just telling her to do a thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, so y- y- I would like to think, and we'd all like to think that our artists <laughs> that we follow and love are completely in control mm. of their work that they put out and the kind of narrative that they put out. And I feel like Ariana, from I, I again, I'm not like a huge fan, but I kind of see what she's doing, and I feel like she is. She's pretty yeah. savvy and pretty smart, and she's like in control. But also, you know, she's got a team of people working on sure. every aspect of. Uh, her persona and everything that she does. That's true, but I also feel like a pop star team wouldn't be like, talk about like your demon. Oh, maybe. I maybe don't know. Maybe if they're particularly good and they know that they can reach out to fans uh-huh. like you who, <laughs> who see it and resonate with those uh, themes. Yeah. Well, she just has like the way that her lyrics are um, just like she talks about, you know, general stuff, but then it gets so specific. Like she was talking about being needy, but then she mm-hmm. talks about like, sorry that I don't feel like I'm enough. I'm like, that's such a specific line, you yeah. know, that's not uh-huh. just, oh, I'm needy and clingy. It's like, I'm needy because I feel like I'm not in, there's a lot of like, she's in tune, she's in tune with who she is and what she, and her issues she's working with. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, well, maybe I guess her songwriters are in tune with issues that, people <laughs> potentially and there's there's an element of she chooses the songs so like she picks the things that work for what she's going through yeah do you um so you're not as a big of an ariana fan but do you have like artists <laughs> that you 
resonate with when you're like like uh going through stuff like that you're like okay they, they really get this piece of me oh you know i don't know that i do i'm one of my here's a here's a confession just okay. that i'm thinking off the top of my head which and i'm kind of embarrassed by it but when i listen to music i don't really listen to the lyrics oh okay like the lyrics don't really like i obviously hear them but they're, i'm not really it's more of a feel thing for me sure. music as opposed to like it's not like reading to me. It's not like I com- really comprehend. I don't know what it is. I don't, I think it's just kind of the way I'm wired. But like when I listen to music, it's like the words are going in my ear and coming out the other. I'm not really comprehending them or really uh, taking much stock into what's being said. It's more about like, do I enjoy the way this makes me feel? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, most music it should be a, a three dimensional experience. Mm-hmm. I think I lean more on words. Like I grew up like just like writing a lot, like mm-hmm. in my journal, everything, just like wrote everything down. So I lean more on words than most people do. Yeah. If, when lyrics suck, even if it's catchy, I'm like, I it annoys me. It bothers me. you. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, that's why I like a lot of Taylor Swift songs. They're written so well. Like the hooks are written really well. Yes. And they're earworms. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to the lyrics, they're very like 12 year old poetry Basic, lyrics yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and so that always bugs me a little i'm like this is so bad i couldn't get through twilight which is already like we all know it's a bad book but some people read it yes and we're still like it's junk food good but i couldn't get through it because well it i mean so with, a, with a book it's like that's all there are, are the words <laughs> you know <laughs> it's true but some people are like well you know it's a fun fantasy i'm like no this the, the way she described the moon i hate it right like, watch <laughs> the movie i guess if that's what you want <laughs> Uh, Ugh, um, yeah my ideal songs are if i can't like really understand the lyrics if they're like if oh. i if i can understand them too much then i can and then they're bad then it's like super obvious so you're just like a lot of mu- like mumbling who's like, like, Bob I, like, Dylan, like I like nirvana you know yeah <laughs> you, yeah I, like, I mean like yeah nirvana and elvis costello and the, those are artists where you can't really tell what they're saying when they're singing okay. and i'm, so and I'm this, like perfect there's a conspiracy theory it's not conspiracy i guess it's just a theory that a lot of pop stars try to have lines that you can't really understand well so that people will keep playing them and try to oh them. I interesting don't know if that's true it may just that be that sometimes we when don't you, understand yeah and when well. you sing you have to it, it sounds different from talking so yeah, of the course tone is different. yeah so of course you're not going to be able to understand things yeah i don't think there's a grand uh plan <laughs> master plan behind that i do love conspiracy theories because almost always they're not there's no way like it's awkward yeah. or like nobody's thinking mm-hmm. that much yeah but when someone puts together something so like so specific and creative yeah then yeah. you're like what how that's fun it's that stuff like is better fun. i'm like yeah that's a cool reality <laughs> yeah yeah it's almost like they're putting together a puzzle with pieces that weren't there right you know and yeah obviously most conspiracy theories are just so that people can it's like to so you have a sense of comfort in the idea that there's a it's it's i think similar to religion where it's like if you believe that someone is in control hmm. whether it's in control of life itself or in control of this conspiracy theory that Avril Lavigne was replaced was by a body her. double yeah <laughs> right we, we do like those we just the comfort of like people are in control yeah things don't just happen you know that's interesting cuz i find that people who well it People who believe in conspiracy theories, I found, I mean, this may not be true. Please at me if you're, <laughs> I'm totally wrong. I've done no research on this, but for just from anecdotal evidence, sure. uh-huh. I feel like it's either people who have a lot of privilege and are like bored and maybe want mm-hmm. want to give themselves more stuff to do or, or you, this is less, but there's also people who have like totally no control. Like you're saying, like if you're like super poor or living in an area that you just don't have a lot of, you don't feel like the circumstances are in your control. Mm-hmm. People like that also believe in conspiracy theories. Yeah. But I, f- I don't see a lot of people in the middle. Like, like when I say, but like, you know, you think the stoner white guy who's just like, oh, he's not where he should be in life. He's wasting his potential. They often believe in conspiracy theories because maybe there's a sense of like, well, I should be doing better. But I'm not. Yeah. And then there's also people who genuinely have a hard time. They and, also do believe in it. And it's, uh, I wish I could pull the name of the phenomenon. It's the impo- It's the opposite of the imposter syndrome. It's called like the... Oh, the center of the universe? Is that what it is? Where you believe you are in the center of the universe? Oh, no. But it's kind of similar. It's the Von During, During Von Kruger effect or something. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm okay. fucking that up. But the idea is that... So the imposter syndrome is like the more you know about something, the more you feel like a fraud because you sure. can you there, you you see how much there is to know, and you're like I uh-huh. I will never really be able to fully be an expert on this. And then the opposite 
is when people have no knowledge, but they believe that they're an expert. Oh, is this, the, I feel like I heard something about this. It's like when people um, submit essays and they don't know that they're a bad writer. Is that what that is? I mean, that's probably, I, I think it's, if you look at the like core of conspiracy theorists who, and I learned about this in a very good documentary that I would love to plug uh-huh. uh, that's going to be out on Netflix, maybe by the time this drops, called Behind the Curve. Oh, and it's were you about, involved in it? Uh, my friend directed it. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and I've seen it a few times, and I would have seen it a few times because... You're the friend that he, that he shows. Like, what do you think of this? What, <laughs> what do you think this of this, pet? idiot? No, it's about flat earthers. Oh. Yeah, and uh, they interview a lot of... Uh, flat earthers in addition to scientists yeah and some of these scientists talk about this effect because there are these people who believe in the flat earth and they consider themselves experts and like they know what's going on Uh but they truly have no knowledge (laughs) they have like no information but they believe that they're experts it's the dunning-kruger effect dunning-kruger that's what it's called sounds familiar it's similar to you know cognitive bias of like yeah yeah, and conspiracy theorists are fascinating. And this behind the curve is a fascinating look into people who believe that the earth is flat. It's like when you were a kid, but it makes sense as a kid because you're learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have these ran like everyone has those like random things they believed up to a point. Like, yeah. like you know, not you know, not not stepping on cracks or whatever. Like things that mm-hmm. if you held on to into your adult <laughs> life become an issue. Yeah. But as right. a kid it's okay yeah, to yes. be like, oh, I believe, you know, whatever, Santa Claus is the main one. So sorry guys, yeah, anyone out hey. there doesn't know. But um yeah, I'm trying to think of there was definitely I like I had a lot of good luck charms when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely would believe like if I rubbed the good luck charm, I would have good luck. But yes. the moment it went away i i would just make up like oh it's because i dropped it that time and it, the luck went away so now it's gone right like i would never just it's giving it, yourself some power which is yes. also intoxicating and makes you feel good that you are you are in control of some things and also when you believe a conspiracy theory uh by nature they uh, it's not you know mainstream so mm-hmm. then you feel superior like i know the group. truth yeah i'm in the elite group that knows the real truth and all these sheep, they don't get it. And it's it's a way to feel uh, superior. Did you ever have anything like that growing up that you believed? That, like like little weird things where you're like, oh, I believe if I do this, the world is like this? Or? Oh, I wonder. I mean, like maybe when I was... I like grew up Catholic. And oh, okay. when I was very young, I thought like... I used to think that if I prayed really hard for something that it would... That you'd get it? Yeah. But they tell you that. So right, that's yeah. Kind of that's not that... I mean, it is cra- it is crazy... <laughs> but it is kind of something that they there's they something put in, in you. the power because I do love the idea of um, the power of intention mm-hmm. and a lot of that is connected to like if you however you exercise that like mm-hmm. prayer is one way but some people you know do meditation and uh, and then there's like a lot of not secular ways to exercise it too yes. but I think yes. prayer is a cool way to exercise it because you do see it like quote unquote working it's not mm-hmm. working in the sense. Well, I don't know. I who knows. Yes, but. I know what you mean. It's more self-fulfilling yeah. than it is uh, communing with some outer force. Sure. It's not like I'm like I'm really hungry, and then a sandwich falls <laughs> on your porch. But it's if you, you focus know. on like, like dear God, I would like I don't know a million dollars. But then like that seems so crazy. But if your whole life. If that's that, what if you're that's thinking, that you're, you are also important. probably working towards that. Yes, and you're open you to want. those yes. opportunities. Mm-hmm. If someone's like, oh, c- come work this job, which may lead to better, you might be like, yes, over over something like, no, I don't want to do that. That seems hard. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's something in it, but um, but also, I, I don't know, maybe there is a God who's just like, <laughs> let's make everything really hard, and like sometimes <laughs> I'll grant you stuff, sometimes I won't. That seems less likely to me. But, yeah, right. Um, but did you? are you still Catholic? Do you, no, oh my God, no. <laughs> No, that that has that has uh, been gone from my <laughs> brain and heart for a very long time. Was was that uh, what was that like? Did you just kind of grow out of it? Or was it a big moment when you? I do to leave? kind of remember a moment, and it was I went to a pretty Catholic university. Oh, okay. Thinking that I was Catholic. Wow. But when I got there and I saw like the hardcore Catholics, I realized that my family and I were not ever really that Catholic. That's like imposter syndrome too, though, because what does that mean? Well, I mean, it means like we didn't, because people would like pray a lot. Yeah. And by the time I was 18, I was not really doing that. And it was like people were, 
I mean, when I went to college, I was like, I don't have to go to church anymore. This isn't like this. I'm, I'm out. I'm free. And people, people, students, people my age were willingly going to church uh-huh. every week. There was there was like a, in every dorm, there was like a, a, a place to pray and Whoa. shit and like a, a, like a little mini church. Uh, and it was and people really observed all sorts of traditions and uh-huh. beliefs and knew about like the bible and like i don't fucking know and i didn't at that time what were you studying i went i mean i, I went initially for just like studio art i went okay. to notre dame oh cool wow. which is i thought would be catholic in uh that would there's the the way you think that yeah, notre dame is catholic school, so yeah you think, okay, i thought that's catholic, like a that's a stereotype yeah. and like it's not really but it is there's like a crucifix in every room and there's like a giant wow. jesus on the library and like there were priests teaching so many co- i took an american history course that was taught by a priest and there was a prayer at the beginning of every class Whoa. and i thought that was very bizarre i went to catholic school for one year freshman year mm-hmm. i wasn't catholic but it was just like a good private school in yeah, the area. Yeah, for sure. But they would do prayer before, not all of the classes, but certain classes. And then we did this thing called like, they'd ask for intentions. Okay. I don't know if you guys ever did that. They'd be like, the teacher would be like, all right, after the prayer, they'd be like, any intentions? And then people would raise their hand and be like, I want to pray for Tim's dad. Yeah. He's sick. Right, right, right. Um, and then we'd all pray together. And I that made me really feel FOMO. I wanted to be a part of. You wanted to have some intentions and well, be a part of the Catholic experience with all the Kind of, but peers. it wasn't the Catholic part. It was the part where all the cool girls would like use it as a way to do their inside jokes. Like they'd be like, I want to pray for, you know, like. Like Sula, because she broke her leg, and then every this was like the girls, Everyone the like people giggles. you pray for, like are your friends. Yeah. So all the hot girls like prayed for each other, and then also mm-hmm. would be like, and my boyfriend, because he has a call, and then like, oh, and then so it was like and you're like weird, I want to be a part of it. Yeah, it was this weird I could be cool like, too. social thing. So yeah. I wonder if a lot of people who grew up in like a very embedded social community like feel positively about religion because mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with religion but i i always think so much of it is tied to the community like mm-hmm. what drives people to it yes i think so too and i think conspiracy theories as well uh, <laughs> you, you kind of in that documentary is talking about you learn by the end of the movie that like oh the common uh factor with all these people is that they were kind of lost and outcast oh. and they like found this community and it like gave them purpose and like they don't they don't know that yeah. Like they don't really recognize that they think it's because they think the earth is flat <laughs> and they do believe that, but you can tell as the viewer that what's really going on is mm-hmm. these people were looking for community and this is what is giving them that life. Yeah. You never see conspiracy theorists. Like, I don't know. Maybe they are that I've never seen a conspiracy theorist who's like doing very well and then wants and then believes something about the world and then wants to make it better. It's always like, I'm they're always mm-hmm. like oh, it's always everybody's the government is poisoning me. our water yeah yeah it's never like everything's wrong so therefore I must help other people like it doesn't I wouldn't care no. so much if someone was like oh I think everything if the government is controlling us so therefore I must go out and do my part but it's yeah, never no. that <laughs> it's never no, like I will then not. clean up I will clean up the trash on my street because I believe that the government is littering it's never no. that <laughs> it's like the government is lying to us so I needed to tell everyone how smart I think I am just thinking about government as a workplace is so interesting to me because I mean I mean like you know the government the man whatever it sounds like this far away thing and in a way they do have a lot of power and they can you know probably can even big tech firms can see a lot of stuff mm-hmm. but it, they're all just offices with people who yeah. go poop uh-huh. every day you know and yeah. it's like they're very weird departments that yeah there's a receptionist or offices who and, yeah. is not paying attention and ordering mm-hmm. stuff online like they're all offices. Even the high security ones, there's someone who had to be like, oh, my dog's sick. I got to go home early. Like, yeah, there's a boss so and there's, <laughs> yeah, paychecks and uh, legal and HR and yeah, all that stuff. And they're hu- Well, that's the thing that when I think about them, like they're all human. That's why I'm like, I don't trust anything. I mean, I do and I don't. <laughs> like, yeah. obviously, to live, you have to trust. But I don't trust in that. Like, there's so much human error all around us. Yeah. That um, there's just no way to be like, this is a flawless system. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That's also why I think uh, conspiracy theories aren't real because humans would t- would get drunk yeah, and, get drunk and tell up. people. <laughs> you know, someone was telling me they were like, "There's no way." Uh, this was someone who was a scientist who uh-huh. was like, "There's no way we've ever been in contact with intelligent alien life because if scientists knew that, 
they they were like scientists are the horniest people <gasps> in the world. They would, in order to try to fuck people, they would like spill the beans immediately. They would say anything they could to get yeah people to sleep with them. That's so funny, <laughs> and yes, that is and I think true. that's true. Like, can you imagine? how many people would have to be involved in a conspiracy like oh, yeah. 9-11 being an inside job it and can't... the idea that no one would leak it. <laughs> and that, I mean, th- th- it would take so many people to be secretive in a way that truly no one is. Yeah. And, and requiring hundreds, maybe thousands of people to be that secretive. It just would never, it would leak. Like, y- you would know about it. 100%. That is that is a really funny way of putting it because yeah, every everybody just wants to um like anytime people I feel like anytime someone signs an NDA, they're always like immediately like I'm going to tell my closest friend. Yeah, like, of course, yeah. It's a there's I there's been times people try to tell me things and I've been like you weren't supposed to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'll hear it, like I'm not do anything with it, but right? like you didn't have to tell me. Everybody <laughs> tells their secrets all the time. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of which, is there <gasps> anything you would like Ooh. to tell me? <laughs> I don't want to be a, a nerd, but I have to tell you, Teresa, I am like, a, and I used to, used to be uh, more intense, but I am like kind of obsessed with lists. Lists? Yeah. Okay. And like, uh, I used to, and I specifically, and this really got intense when I was uh, in an office job in Chicago and I didn't have uh, anything to do except be on my computer all day. Uh-huh. I used to go onto a website called Sporkle <gasps> and I used to just... It's I a got, game site, right? Yeah, it's quizzes. Yes. But it's list-based. Okay. So I would just... I would just spend hours and ended up getting really good at like like all the all the best pictures and then even beyond that oh. all the nominees for the best pictures throughout the years and like you know i have a podcast about the rock and roll hall of fame which is uh-huh. in a sense just a long list <laughs> you know of like who's been inducted and uh you know who's been nominated like uh, awards often i mean in a sense awards shows are just a bunch just of lists. lists it's just like a buzzfeed article like the best of, it's like the then... top five or six in each category right yeah so I would get very, uh, I, I, it came out a sense of boredom, but then it was like, okay, let's see how, how good I can get at this, at like being able to remember so all this idea, information. So Sporkle, if I'm remembering correctly, is how many you can, how many can you recall? Mm-hmm. Out, like, uh, and, and yeah, like a timer will be going, mm-hmm. it'll be like 15, 20 minutes and it'll be like, all right, all the best pictures. And then as you type them in, it'll pop up. So then you can you can see what you've gotten already, and you can also see what you still have to go, what like what's missing. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. That, well, this is so interesting because I I like lists. Like I when you first said that, I was thinking in terms of like more like not to do list, but just like categorizing uh-huh. like your life sure. almost. Yeah. But that's what I was thinking. I mean, but- I have I I have had I don't do this anymore because it's uh crazy. But I think crazy. Everybody's just different. I well, Teresa, there was a time in my <laughs> life where I used to have a ranked list of my friends, Whoa. which is crazy. A public? No, no, no. <laughs> just like a private. Private. OK. Uh, was but, it MySpace days? Because that's what that was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, it was. And I, it was just kind of a private thing. It was because I thought it was like funny and fun. But like, yeah. it is certainly weird. And I promise you, I don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I also have a list of every movie I've seen in the theater. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I I think there's something interesting about lists because the um there's a sense of like not wanting wanting to hold on to some information. Yes, cuz it's so fleeting. I've always yes. felt that way. I used to record a lot of TV on my VCR cuz I didn't I I didn't like the idea that something could air and I could watch it and I could never see it again. Cuz okay. kind of before DVDs yeah. and and now with streaming uh, you can you can access that kind of stuff, but and in YouTube, you know. Uh, but there was a time where if something was on TV, you never knew when you were going to see it again. Yeah. Did you do this for commercials too, or just for? Well, programming? I mean, I, the commercials would be in there. Oh, okay. Uh, but usually it would just be like watching, you know, whatever TV show. I asked that because now um, sometimes for my job I have to look up commercials. And oh yeah. Yeah, and like vintage ones. I love old commercials. Well, this is it. I love them now, but I at the time they were so annoying. I just want mm-hmm. to skip through commercials. Yes. And when TiVo came out, it was so exciting right. to be able to skip. And now YouTube, these old commercial clips do mm-hmm. so well on YouTube. And I'm, they're I'm great. Like, who the people who thought of recording them? I know. Genius. Just like it's, it's s- such a um, marker of the time to see what uh-huh. was being advertised. I occasionally, and this came for, so I used to tape a lot of TV when I was a kid. And I still have the tapes and I converted them to DVD oh. and I 
back in Chicago, I would have parties, and I still sometimes do this, where now we fast forward through the show and just watch the commercials. That's great. From like 1995 or whatever, because they're so funny. Yeah. They're so crazy. It's funny how advertising has changed so uh-huh. quickly in such a short amount of time, but like watching these commercials, you know, for uh, a local fur store mm-hmm. and then like Fruit by the Foot and like all this kind of wacky uh, stuff that's like a time capsule. And I still sometimes have parties where a bunch of people come over and we just watch commercials. Now I just do it because there's so many of those great compilations on YouTube. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll I'll do it of what I can find from that specific date. Uh huh. You like know, so if it was 90s. so if it was like I would search February 10th oh, commercials day. and see if I what could I could find. Wow. For that day, and there's as you know because of your job, uh-huh. th- there are so many weird like archivists yes. who have so much that you can find pretty much whatever you want. That's so interesting. I would never have thought of... Because when you're going on a specific date, you're like, this is what was airing this day. It's not yeah. even just a general time period. Yeah. And then if, if I run out, I'll ask people their birthdays and stuff and I'll oh, see, see what we can find. Yeah. Okay. I want to unpack this list thing because I think yeah. there's a lot there. I also have... a I have... And I still do this. I have every... I'm sure I've missed some, but every set, every stand-up set I've done. You have the... like. The, I have a list of a Gmail list. draft. Oh, wow. Of like... Your iPhone notes must be so interesting. Yeah. Do you have like a lot of folders and... So I, I do a lot of them on Gmail drafts. Okay. So I can access them. But like I could pull up my... You could give me a number and I could tell you where... That's the numbers that you did. If you give you... When yeah, did you, you start give, doing it? Like I right start, away or... Yeah, right away. What was your eighth set? My eighth set was uh, at the student... Uh, like kind of student restaurant slash slash like student union center called Wreckers. Okay. Uh, at Notre Dame. That's when so I was cool. a student. Yeah. I envy people who started tracking their stand up career from the beginning because sometimes yeah. people will post. I see these posts on Facebook that's like, "Today is my fifth anniversary of the day I started stand up." Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember the day I started stand up. I remember the general time, yeah. um, but I wasn't keeping any records so, at the time. So it's February tenth, right? February tenth, two thousand ten. It was my That's tour so crazy. It's February 10th. That was the day that you gave us as an example for commercials. I know. It's because it's today. Oh, today. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's why I, I picked it. I thought you were saying this was the stand-up no, no, no. that you did. So I'm saying, I'm, I'm just pulling up. I'm trying to see how many times I've done stand-up on February 10th because oh. I have it. My 240th 40th set was at a pizza restaurant called Bacino's in Chicago. Uh, let's see if I, if I had how one. Is it, is it one big dock and you're just... It's Yeah. It's a, uh, oh it's a Gmail draft. God. So I'm scrolling through it for people listening. I'm scrolling through it wow. so Teresa can see. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird. Uh, I last year I was in uh, Denver, uh-huh. so I had and that was like close to twelve hundred twelve hundredth set, Fort Collins, and then wow, uh, yeah. So I've I'm a weirdo for lists. I like lists. I've started. Okay, so this is gonna sound weird, but I I do. This is new though. I haven't been doing this always, but I last year started an email account, just a secret private email account. And I email, I try to do it every day, but I don't do it every day, but uh-huh. I just email it like things from the day, not even full sentences. Like, uh, like for example, it'll just be like the date, like February 10th, 2019. And it'll be like Starbucks, like good luck bar. What it just be like a couple places I went and that's uh-huh. it. It's and almost like a journal. A little bit, but it's like a micro because I don't even write. Much. Yeah, it's just like a few words. And then yeah, but then when I go back and look at it, I remember exactly what that day was because it's just like using like triangulation. <laughs> like it, yeah, if I saw if if someone it'll jog your memory and yeah. But yeah. also I write dumb stuff like if someone gave me a compliment that made me feel good, I'll just be like that's sweet. Like, and if you want to remember it, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be like it a down. mix of places and then compliments. Uh uh-huh. Mostly what <laughs> I think that's really nice, and it's a way. I mean, like as you can tell, I'm obviously an advocate for. Writing things down so you can remember them. Yeah. Well, here's my other question. The flip side to this, because mm-hmm. um, it does seem, I mean, it's, it seems like a super positive thing to be able to remember everything. But um, do you ever feel like anxious if you're not writing things down? If you're not able to, like, if you're, let's say you couldn't do your list mm-hmm. for like a month. Yeah. How would that make you feel? I'd be okay. I could, I could do it. Okay. Um, so it's more like an above and beyond. It's not a thing where it's not like a compulsion where you're like, I have to do this because I feel like I'm going to forget it. Right. I guess I just do it because I know the value of having it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a compulsion. Uh, and I'm sure I've missed some sure. sets and things, you know, movies or whatever I'm writing down. Uh, 
and I I have in re- relatively recent years been able to let go of a lot of my more obsessive tendencies, mm-hmm. uh, which you know if you had told me if you'd given me that restriction when I was much younger, uh-huh. I maybe would have had a a problem with it. I used to uh, when I was in high school. And you might know, you might have a similar experience where you had A days and B days. Yeah, like block scheduling. Yeah, so like A days, uh, you would have gym and then B days would be like my chem lab or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You would have different courses depending on, it would go A day, B day, A day, it would go like that. And I used to wear Simpsons t-shirts on A days and (laughs) band t-shirts on B days. Oh, okay. And a lot uh, of Simpsons shirts you had. It was. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, you'd repeat at a certain time, but you just go back and forth so that if I ever forgot what day, if it was A day or B day, I could look at my shirt and I'd be like, okay, Simpsons shirt. I have gym today. Whoa. Yeah. And it was easy to track because I'd be like, what am I wearing today? Is What did I wear yesterday? Okay, so today must be an A day. And I could track it that way. And then my friends started to pick up on it and be like, <laughs> do I have gym today? What's Joe What's wearing? Joe wearing? Oh. He's wearing, okay, that's a that's a Pearl Jam shirt. I have Chem Lab or whatever. <laughs> was your closet like half over here, half over there? I, yeah, I'm not really, you know, but <laughs> once it was... Uh, yeah, it was a, and that was my mom used to think I was being obsessive, but I thought I was, was being practical. practical. Yes, thank you. I thought it was just like that's you know, and people are depending on me now, and Aww. it was just it was just a way also just to you know keep it straight and keep it uh, ordered in a way that could make it easier. That's so interesting. What was um what was like your childhood like? Did you feel like you had a lot of control, or were you was it a way to like? feel like you had more control over I, I don't necessarily think that I was like uh hungry for control because I was deprived of it or anything like that yeah I, I, so it's I, more just like a practical thing that was like yeah it, it truly just felt like okay this is easy mm-hmm. and helpful that's why it does I, sound, did it. I mean it sounds I think all these lists like it sounds like a fun positive and healthy way to track your life Mm-hmm. it's just interesting because I think I, I took it to the extreme for a little bit. And then I, I used to not hoard anything, but I would um, hang on to a lot of memorabilia that I didn't need to like playbills and tickets. Yeah, and everything. I get that. Yeah. But I did it to a point where I w- when I was moving around in New York, um, I had these small apartments and nothing would fit. And yeah. then I was like, I don't need these boxes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't let it go. That's when I started going to therapy and my, not because of that, but around the same time um, I had a friend pass away, but then my therapist was like, let's talk about this thing of you holding on to stuff. Yeah. So after right, right. that, I started doing the thing where I only write down like a word or something. Because then I was like, I don't need to have this physical yes. mass of You don't things. need to take up space with it. But it is, you can still satisfy a, a real thing of like yeah. wanting to remember things. But you don't have to have it be a physical burden Do you ever you. go back and look at the lists you make? Yeah. Like these lists of, or Sometimes. is it mostly just the act of putting it in that you like? I like, you know, I guess I don't look back on it that much, but I like the idea that I can look back mm-hmm. on it. And when I was talking with some friends about uh, when I got my half hour special, we were, I was talking to friends who I started out with who uh-huh. don't uh, do it anymore, but we were talking about like the old days and I was like, I have like a list of every set. Like you could, you could bring up a set that you remember and I can tell you exactly what date wow. it was uh, and what you know, number set it was for me <laughs> and like it's fun to have that uh i've always thought like wouldn't it be nice to have a uh video archive of moments of your life yeah you like know, what's that, that you... movie with, uh, that guy that dies and then goes to heaven and watches i forget Defending your life? Oh, defending your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to watch a movie of your life. Yeah, I think. I mean, that wouldn't that just be great? And I would love curated lists about my own life, as <laughs> as conceited as that sounds. But like, because there's so many things that happen that you want to experience again, and then I'm sure there's also so many things that are would be memorable, but you didn't know it at the time, so you don't you don't have that memory. Yes. But it was significant. Like maybe you crossed paths with someone that you uh, was important to you years later, but you had no idea that you guys crossed paths. That's so interesting. I do love those um, stories where you're like, oh, you were at that party. And then well, right. we both made uh-huh. it here. 
I, you saying that just reminded me, I forgot I do this and I don't, I haven't done it for this last place I moved, but I used to keep, um, a folder on my computer. I guess it still exists. I have a folder on my computer mm-hmm. of, um, all the rooms I've lived in. Okay. Cause I used to just like take pictures of the room at some, usually I'd be at some point if I was like just, uh, you know, sending it to my mom to be like, here's my new decoration. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I was like, Oh, I have this record. So I, yeah, and that's then, really nice. Well, it's nice, but when you live there, you don't care. Cause it's the thing you see every day. Yes. As soon as you leave, you're like, Oh, I kind of missed the space. Uh-huh. So I started tracking it and it's nice to go back and be like, I remember exactly what that period in my life was like. I haven't been doing it for the last two places I've lived, mm-hmm. but I'm like, maybe I should. Do you have issues moving because you have connections mm. to the places? <laughs> I think I do. I think moving is very stressful for me. I just moved and um, it's still stressful, mm-hmm. but I have this feeling of like, I don't feel settled until I, it's, I'm totally like everything's decorated to the last inch and I'm like, okay, now yeah. it's now it's my home do you have problems though with uh leaving the the space that you've grown accustomed to gosh uh it's not so mm, i'm trying to think i don't think so i don't think i get sad leaving Mm -hmm. a place i get excited about the new uh opportunity okay that's great yeah but do you you live in in places for extended periods of time no and so this is why i think that's probably why i have an issue well i do think i have an issue with uh I do like the novelty of change, but then once I'm there, it really freaks me out, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I'm like, I can't wait for something new. And then the something new is the same always because you're the same person. Yes, right. So not much changes. A part of me thinks everything's going to be different and then I get there and everything's the same. You're like, I'm still the same. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not better now. (laughs) And that's usually the moment where I'm like, now I miss what I had. Mm -hmm. That was good. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, it can be like that. I tend to find uh places to live and stay there for a long time like i in in chicago i more or less had just one apartment and i've been in the place i've been in here in la for most of the time i've been here yeah and i I like the idea of a a permanent residence but i think then if and when you have to leave it it makes it that much harder because you have Mm -hmm. such a connection to it that makes sense. I've gone back to places i haven't been to for like i think there's like a memory in the actual space like i've been uh, I have this memory of like, I think I was in high school, maybe about to graduate. I can't remember, but I was like older as a teen and I had mm-hmm. moved like away from my, the place I went to middle school. Like it was a different city Yeah. and I happened to be around there and just thought about driving back. So I was like, Oh, I'm just curious like what it's like. And I yeah. just drove back to the middle school and walked around and then I just started crying. I was like 18 yeah. or something. No, I get that. But all it was weird because it was like, I hadn't been in that space mm-hmm. for years or what felt like, you know, four years and when you're 18 is like a big chunk of your life. Yes. And it, uh, and all I had were these memories that I didn't think were anything. But as soon as my body was back there again, I was like, whoa. Like, yeah, it all comes back to you yeah. and it, you, f- you start feeling things. Exactly. In addition to just remembering things. And you feel that it's gone. I think that's what made me really yes, sad. Yes, you'll like, never have that again. It's never, that, I'm never going to be young, as young as I was, like in that space the way mm-hmm. I was like it, yeah. with the people who yes. I saw and every that's the day. big one that's the extreme one because it's like you when you leave some sort of situation I think the thing that is the most crushing is that these people will never be here at the same time yes again in the same way and in, in, in this in yeah in the same way like you can always hit up a friend and you know an old friend that you know will be around forever like even if you don't see each other every day but it's different it's not it's, the same you're not dynamic. in the same you're not, you guys aren't in the same place emotionally or mentally or whatever, even if you're in the same place physically and, and you know, time is uh, good in that it changes things, but it also, you know, because it changes things, we, there's something that we once had that is gone forever, which, and I think anytime we have to deal with a concept of forever, yeah. it like is, it is really, it, it can really affect you. Do you feel that way about Chicago? Cause that's where you kind of started comedy, right? Yeah, I do. I have I have very uh, strong feelings about mostly the people who were there at that mm-hmm. time, and I, I I worked on a very collaborative project for mm-hmm. years with the same people, and we will never be able to replicate that, right? You know, and partially because of uh, being young. Mm-hmm. and willing to put up with stuff and just where we were professionally and because people are in different parts of the world now and, yeah. and, and people some people aren't alive and like it's just it is a thing that is 
formative too because when you're young yes. and you have those experiences you you get it's extra special it, and that time in my life is like really really uh special to me were you aware at the time like because people always say you know oh you gotta enjoy the f- when you're starting out but i feel like a lot of people in the beginning just want to skip ahead were you aware at the time like this is this yeah this is it, i knew we'll i knew it this. was special but i kind of foolishly thought it could continue like elsewhere like a lot of us moved out to LA together and you know it was kind of like in my mind like oh well eventually everybody will be in the same place again uh we just have to do we have to take some time apart and then we'll be able to come together and continue this thing only we'll be rich and on tv (laughs) you know that's so yeah I mean what you really hit the nail on the head that feeling of like what you're willing to put up with too because like Mm -hmm. even though you miss that time of your life I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you're like if someone was like hey come work on sales till 3 a.m for no pay and blah you'd probably be like no sorry right like or just like you do miss when you wanted to but you don't want to anymore yeah every I mean it was we used to do uh I'm gonna sneeze bless you thank you we used to do a, it was a late night talk show that we would do every week uh-huh. and we worked really hard on it and we wrote a, a show every week wow. and nobody was getting paid, which you will do when you're in your twenties and you're yeah. kind of just starting out. But I couldn't get, I couldn't make people do that again. Sure. <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't want, it's just such a time suck and it's just, uh, you know, for the love of the game, but like people are older now and, the, yeah. and many of them get paid now to do that kind of stuff. So it's <laughs> to, to do that for free is a very distinctly younger concept. Man, I'm like all getting all sad. I was just yeah. thinking about it the other day because I was thinking about I do love L.A., but I I lived in New York and it, there's mm-hmm. an energy there. Yeah. But I also don't think it's like that now. I think the people I came up with aren't doing the same thing anymore. I think they're also moved on to jobs. Yeah. But whenever I, th- because I was able, to, I left New York at a time when it was still like that for me. Whenever I think back, I'm like, oh man, if I if I just go back, everything will be the same. We'll just all be up till four a.m. doing karaoke. And no. I'm like, I don't think that even exists. I don't think people do that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, right. And it's you realize it's yeah what we said the combination of the people and the mm-hmm. circumstance as opposed to even though our bodies work in a way where if we're in that place, we feel, feel those things. Yeah. Yes. Man. Um, okay. This is really, I, there's so much, a lot of stuff you said is so interesting. Cause I, I really think with the list, like it's, it's like you're, you're a different side. Like I do the list, but in a different way, it's like mm-hmm. a compulsion. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and a fear, fear based, but yours mine is so like positive from a, a, the angle of an, like someone making an archive. Yeah, it's very like documentarian, but it's almost like it's the, it's like without the fear, I guess. There's mm-hmm. you, it's the way you talk about these memories. It's very nice, but it doesn't sound like there's this fear of letting go. It's like very exciting, which I think is cool. Oh, you could hey, put this um, thirty one videos for your thirty first yes. birthday this mm-hmm. year, and I brought that up because I was thinking like it's uh, oh, gosh, now I don't remember because that's what also it's. a list, maybe well, in a, a way. List. In I want I wanted to say well, there's something about um because I was talking about the fear of like letting go, but I think mm-hmm. there is yeah, it's kind of like a list, but there's also something about okay, if you do this like grand vision and mm-hmm. it'll bring everybody together, and then you'll be able to, it's done, and then it's like instead of constantly being like oh we're always gonna be a group forever and I keep working on stuff, you're like we're gonna come together for this big project. It's gonna be really cool. We'll all feel mm-hmm. a sense of shared accomplishment. Yeah. And then it's done and then we can move on and there's no like holding on to people. Right. But you can always look back and have this mm-hmm. kind of list. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like that. It was really cool to see. And they were all so well done. If you Thank guys haven't you. seen them, um, go look up. Is it on your website? Yeah, it should. it's on joequazala.com. And uh, if you go to my my Twitter, you can. there's a link to it. It's yeah. it, The project was called 31 for 31. Where they're, all, they're all so impressive. Like 31 videos and it's like every single one is so good thank it's you so cool. thanks so much um uh well, yeah let's talk about that how did that idea come about um you know there's there's like it, it satisfied a lot of uh things that i was trying to do at the time uh one of them was the fact that i have a very good relationship with this director mm-hmm. named daniel clark who mm-hmm. directed the documentary Behind the Curve that I brought up oh, before. okay. But he and I have oh. been very close friends and collaborators since yeah. college. And when I first moved out here, we made a lot of great stuff together. But uh, 
And we got very lucky to be paid to make some stuff too, mm-hmm. which was both good and kind of cursed us because after those projects, we were looking for other things to do. Yeah. And that meant we were also looking for someone to pay us to do it. And we were not able to find uh-huh. those benefactors. So <laughs> there was a period of uh, two plus years where he and I didn't make anything. And okay. it felt like, I felt like we had lost valuable time where we could have been making stuff. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, this was making up for lost time Aww. of like, we didn't, we should have been making stuff. And are we just going to, are we, are we going to come back and make one video? <laughs> like what the, what the fuck? So it was like, all right, let's, uh, so making 31 videos was uh, a solution to that. Also, I feel like it is difficult to stand out. Sure. You can make a really good sketch and it's mm-hmm. like, sure, great. Yeah. You made a good sketch. But I needed, I felt the need to do something that would make me stand out. Yeah. And essentially a stunt mm-hmm. felt like the way to do it and to do a stunt that I had not seen before. And the idea of releasing a bunch of independently made videos and to release them throughout the day felt like a way yeah. to do it. That would catch people's attention. That would make the day itself an event. <laughs> and I, I felt like people would pay attention because uh, it's hard to get people to pay attention online, well, especially was, with videos. It was cool because it wasn't just sketches. They were like short films. It was mm-hmm. like also, and everyone like set out to accomplish a different like genre and they all yes. did that they very were well. all so i really wanted cool. them all to be very different and to like look and feel different yeah and uh the other thing was every year for the past five years mm-hmm. when i'm home and bored uh like when i'm visiting my parents for the holidays i will tweet 300 times in one day just you pick one day and then you do that I pick a day <laughs> and then I, I tweet like 300 jokes basically wow. Uh, and I, the, when I originally did it, I thought it would be, I, w- I, I had said, I'm going to tweet 300 times in one day. Let's see how many followers I lose sure. just because it's annoying. Right. <laughs> but I found, and increasingly with every year I would gain followers. Yeah. I would gain like a lot of followers. And I, that kind of hipped me to the idea that people like stuff, sure. a lot of they stuff, want a lot of content. And if it's good and, and those days would become days because it would take me more than 12 hours to tweet 300 (laughs) times and people were not only liking it, but like sharing it and like being very positive about it. Like, Hey, go over to Joe's feed. He's tweeting 300 Mm -hmm. 300 times. He's a maniac, but like all the jokes are really funny. Uh, (laughs) And I would get a lot of followers that way. And it made me realize that doing something like that, uh, there's a taste for it. Uh, There's an appetite for it. And it felt like the logical progression of like, well, if I release a bunch of dumbass jokes uh, in in a quantity sense, how could I do that? What's the next step? And it was like, okay, what if I made a bunch of videos and like they, I made them look really good and like I put effort into them and then I released a bunch of those. Obviously, I'm not going to do 300 videos, but <laughs> I was like, what's a reasonable, uh, what's a reasonable number then I thought well I could uh I could link it to my age yeah well that's really cool so then yeah those were kind of the the thoughts leading up to it someone us industry type once <laughs> once uh I thought they were maybe going to represent me and then they just told me keep at it what keep after make- the videos no no before before oh. the videos this is kind of an origin story where they were like they were like, well, you know, just like make stuff and keep at it. And, and in my head, I was kind of like, I'm going to make so much stuff. <laughs> How dare you? Like, I'm going to really now you're make. on a list of people I don't <laughs> want to work with. <laughs> but I was like, I- I'm going to make so much stuff. You're you're going to definitely hear about it. It was it, that was like obviously not the main reason. But that was like one thing that like early on I was like, I'm going to make a lot of stuff and you're going to. Yeah, you, gonna- you will hear about it. And I know that person did. That's so funny. Um, yeah. I hate when people do that because it's like... It's a little condescending. Or, or, yeah, a little or when people say, yeah, what, like keep at it or like, you know, the best way is just to like 
so and so made their own web series and it's like right. yeah well that kind of stuff costs money uh-huh, like, I, yeah. I know that you get paid to go to dinner mm-hmm. and lunch and that's your job yeah. but, but be whenever re- be i real. do that i have to take time off from work to ha- sit down and eat with you and yeah. nothing will come of it or whatever mm-hmm. it's such a i mean and all the love obviously for because that's their job but it's just such a weird industry that the people who make the stuff the creators have to put so much of their own money i'm finishing short now and it's like i'm had to take out a credit card to fit mm-hmm. like we're still finishing it and it's tough but it's like we want to finish it because then if you know if it's not if it if we cut corners and it's not good then no, none of it of course. is going to do anything yeah i mean it's I, such a weird thing p- part of the idea of making a bunch of little stuff as opposed to one big thing is that like i made a i mean there were probably there are at least 40 something scripts that i wow. produced I, maybe yeah. even close to 50 and if there was something because we all we did not have a budget so it was like if oh, wow. if they we look so good. yeah we we borrowed and <laughs> cashed in favors mm-hmm. you know uh, but if something was not feasible cost wise mm-hmm. or pr- production issues we could just drop it yeah because we had enough. plenty of other ideas to to do yeah that's the smartest way because you never want to feel precious about if you're hang- hanging on to something because you have to then you don't know if it's actually good. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do that with jokes too because I'm like there's stuff where I'm like I like that but then I'm like if I th- come at it that way this is like me holding on to this mm-hmm. very same yeah, thing of same hoarding. principle yeah. if I think I like it then I'm holding on to it for fear of losing it as yeah. opposed to being like well out of everything what are my favorites and then just not being afraid to lose the stuff that's not important yes for sure and then also the idea of making a lot of stuff I was not precious about anything yeah so like you know if you I, sometimes I, I've been in a situation where I'm putting my, all my eggs in one basket and then like I'm overthinking stuff and I don't and I'm, I'm starting to doubt myself and like if you we made something and like all right we're moving on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there w- really wasn't a lot of time. Like, obviously, I was trying to make everything as good as it could be, but at no point was I like, I don't know that we should really do this one. I don't know that I really like it. It's, no, we're doing it. Yeah. We have 31 of these. There's no room to be like, maybe not this one. There was one thing we shot. We we shot 32 things, and there was oh, one thing we didn't it? put out. Just, but like... There were some things where I I doubted it during the process that people really liked that we okay. put out and people really enjoyed. So I mean, it's that was freeing. Yeah. To, well, there's to, something for everyone, so it's like yeah. And so to not, it's very easy to give up on something. It's almost like you released a digital album, like yeah, of comedy, like mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, in like a way, a TV show, or like a special, it, or like yeah, yeah. It was someone told me that. Uh, I was talking to a friend and they were like, this is like, you're a special. Yeah. This is like the same thing. And yeah, I think that's, that's true. It is like, it's my lemonade. It's your lemonade. <laughs> but you, Jay-Z didn't have to cheat on you. That's so true. That's no, good. Jay-Z and I still going strong. We're still friends. Yeah. We're so good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like we learned a lot about you. Uh, well, I have a quick game and this is a very oh, great. simple game. It's okay. not anything crazy if um, it's crazy i will walk out of this it's door not, it's so simple <laughs> it's almost too simple it's called rant or rave and it's just like a rapid fire i'm gonna actually the kind of a list i'm gonna list oh hell yeah some words i'm in topics and then you'll uh you'll either rant or rave about them so like try to have a strong opinion either yeah, way sure um, I, I will i'll just rapid fire and then i'll I just go it. to the next one and then you'll just switch so okay I'll, great i'll probably try to cut you off or whatever mm-hmm. that's pretty much it and then you know it's, that's it that's oh really boy. not much to it it's just, I, it's just a fun thing to see if anything elicits a reaction this i, I have a feeling i'm going to be very middle of the road but i'm going to try okay, to i'm going to gonna try to pick a, a side i'll pick a side all right here we go okay number one meme culture Meme culture, I do not like the idea that everyone gets to do the same fucking joke. Like the idea that like you have a format and you can just fill it with what you want. I think that is I just so unoriginal and the idea that like people can be hailed as funny. Carpool karaoke. Carpool karaoke is not comedy. It's on comedy shows, uh-huh. but it's not. I get that it's entertaining, but like the idea, I just feel like there's very talented writers uh, who can make very funny things, and like the show they're working for makes them what do about karaoke. Carpooling? carpooling is great. The idea of carpooling is it, it, it's helpful to the environment. Uh, it it cuts down on yeah the carbon footprint mm-hmm. and also well, it brings well, people together karaoke karaoke is very fun 
uh, I and it allows people to be like a fucking rock star for uh, four minutes or whatever. And it's also Pizza. a communal activity. Pizza is like one of the is probably my favorite food. Pizza is the thing that unites us all. If you hate pizza, you're a monster. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is, uh, you know what? It's nice to have a, a time to remember your loved ones and uh, have a designated time to express love. Cast the musical. Cats the musical get the fuck out of here you're you're an adult you're dressed as a cat Los Angeles is great and the weather's good and I all my friends live here New York New York also my friends live there but it's colder so they can fuck off (laughs) New Orleans New Orleans uh, allowed me to do a stand-up special so it's the greatest city in the world the Rolling Stones the Rolling Stones are uh, a great band who have uh, they were the the longest career of any incredible band. The Mass Singer. The Mass Singer is quality entertainment, <laughs> and it is so stupid, but that's why it's brilliant. Denim jackets. Denim jackets are uh, they're a way to look cool if you're not cool. Going to bed early. Going to bed early is lame. Stay up. That's Canceling where all the good ideas plans. are. Canceling plans is fucking rude. Uh, you made a commitment. Just go. You don't know what will happen. Maybe something fun will happen. The movie Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo is like the sweetest movie. And it, like it's a brilliant. Uh, it's like you look at it just visually. It's very. It's like candy. But also the story's great. Finally Canada. Uh, Canada. I've never been allowed to do the uh, Just for Last Festival in Montreal. So Canada can suck my dick. <laughs> God, thank you so much. I feel yeah. like I learned a lot about you. You really did. <laughs> wow. Where, where can um, the listeners find you? On Twitter at Joe K. Joe K. On Instagram at Joe Qua. Uh, JoeQuazal.com has all the information. And I have a podcast called Who Cares About the Rock Hall that is about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But really, it's about music and it's a lot of fun. I should have put in more rock and roll. In that I know, I right? Know. You think you got some in there? Did do my research. Um, go listen to his podcast and then watch his special when it comes out on Comedy Central. And follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram and join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Tell Me Anything Pod. Thanks. <laughs>